Hello. 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 I'm uh, I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting over here while I'm waiting. Huh, I'm 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 googling. Google while we wait. Tweet while we wait. It's a that's one of those uh, Disney songs from the uh, one with the elves. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, it's an apple. That's a food safety. This is food safety talk. Snow White is a. I mean, it's a tale. It's a tale in food safety and uh, intentional contamination. Um, yeah, right, right. And there's no elves in it. I know they're they're dwarves, but I, <laughs> you're making a joke. I'm making a joke. Um, I'm Don. It's eleven. It's eleven ten on here on the East Coast. <laughs> I'm I'm now. Today's today's one of those coffee days where uh, uh, oh I got up I got up at seven oh gosh seven seven something. Uh, mm. Yeah, there was uh, one, one of my kids. He starts the school on the on the internet at seven thirty five, and um, I'm, I'm gonna give you a little opsec here. So so we're we're in the we we me my, my lovely wife Danielle. She and I essentially live the life of a uh, of a ranch, or in Canada, it's called a bungalow. Do you know about the the bungalows? You know about that? Those are the bungalow boys. They're the, the bungalows. bad ones. They're <laughs> wearing the they wear the Hawaiian shirts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so it's, uh, we, 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 our life almost fully exists on the first floor of our house. Oh, oh, got a ranch style house. Ranch style I, I house. Even like ranch, like we're with cattle, ranch. you have chickens. But. We got, to, we do, we do. We're farm, we're farmers, a ranch and, and ranch, ranch dressing is not even my favorite. Um, so, so we live, our, our bedroom is on the first floor. We have, we have a living room that is, that is right like next to our bedroom. And then the kitchen is next to the living room. It's kind of like this long open concept room from like, like I could stand in the doorway of my bedroom and look straight out my door. If the garage door was open to my neighbor's house, like, like, yeah, yeah. Long way away, which, (laughs) Yeah. So so anyway, our our kids have a room right above us, and there's a, a, it, the house creaks because houses creak, and so I can tell, you know, in my light sleeping at at seven sixteen when my son is supposed to be setting his alarm for seven fifteen so he can get on his virtual course class at seven thirty five. There's usually this creak around seven sixteen, and and it didn't happen. So mm. so I got him up uh, at, at like seven thirty. After mm. saying to Danny, "Have you heard Jack? Is he is he awake?" Um, and and then and this is where it transitions to the things that I've been doing this morning. Um, then I joined um, a, a lo- like a lovely uh, high school culinary classroom at not and planned not not unplanned. I didn't just, you didn't show just up. walk wander around. <laughs> I just didn't walk around and found. Hi, that- it's me. I'm here to see if the food is safe. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys are. You're, yeah, I'm just uh, Google. I'm, I'm Zoom bombing. I'm just uh, ran, random Googling Google meeting people. No, so I've been. Uh, I, I've now this morning uh, joined two classes as a well. Two, two separate classes as a guest speaker of the same set of courses at Apex Apex High School here just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and uh, and talking about food safety and COVID nineteen. And um, so I recorded a I recorded a video yesterday for the classes because there's four. And so the teacher, um, uh, her name is Miss Hoskins. She was she's awesome. She reached out to me a few weeks ago and said, Hey, I, I would love you, love you to join our class. It, there's four of them. I totally understand if, you know, you can't dedicate a whole day to us. Um, and I was, and, and I was like, well, you know what I, what I could do. And, and this, you know, so I don't, so I'm not giving the same talk four times. Why mm. don't I record a video since it's all virtual, 
I'll, I'll give you like 15 or 20 minutes worth of content and then I'll join your class for q and A Q&A, uh, for each for all four of the classes. And she magically agreed to that. Um, and so, so that's what I've done. So this morning now at, uh, at 10 14 AM, I have, I, I've been, uh, I just completed a Q and a, uh, with, with one of these classes and, and I tweeted, and this is where we kind of led to my, uh, two, two things. One, I've, I may be obvious. I've had a lot of coffee this morning, Don. Um, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just tweeted something cause I, I realized as I sit back and, uh, at my desk that it's kind of weird. Like, like I have, um, I, I've got like a ring light. I've got, uh, two screens. I got a microphone. I got an iPad that's attached to the ring light because Google meet doesn't really work well on my Mac setup. I don't know if you've hmm. experienced this with, with my like iMac Thunderbolt display, um, AirPods, which would be mm. my, my like preferred, way to talk on a, on a, on a zoom, uh, mm-hmm. or WebEx, um, it gets ridiculous echo with, huh. with, uh, Google meet. And so I have for, but I've managed this by, Oh, if I have to do a Google meet, I'll do it on an iPad. Mm-hmm. And, and now I have this like iPad in the sky that is my, it's my Google meet box with a, with one of these ring lights that, that makes my face look really nice. Nice. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's what I've been, that's what I've been up to this morning. Um, no one has, uh, so I, so what I like, what I, what I'm going to do, um, with this is I've got this like 15 minute talk that isn't super pretty, but I think I'm going to re-record it and just put it out there on the interwebs for, mm-hmm. for schools, for people. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, cause like I, I think, pe- and, and so I told Danny this, and she used to be a, a high school family consumer science teacher, mm. and and she said this is so you will be like the day that we used to wheel the VCR and TV mm-hmm. into the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's 15 minutes, uh, and and I could go to the to the restroom and 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 get a drink, um, and, uh, and and then people will watch you. Uh, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. So yeah. Cool. So you should you you might want to I might invite you on to do one of these. They're uh, I would I would I would love that. I think they're called a it's a video podcast. Is that huh? Is that a real thing? It's a vlog. Is it a I vlog? A, I think you mean a vidcast. A vidcast. <laughs> are they called vlogs still? A video log? A video blog? I don't think those are things anymore. <laughs> I told somebody, someone we know, um, uh, Deep Freeze asked me mm. about what a video podcast should be called, and I said, Oh, I, I'm sure it's a vlog. And she goes, I don't, I don't think so. No, that's a video blog. It's a video, a video blog, blog, blog blast. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's what's going on. What's going on here. Um, I've got, I've got content for us too. I want to, today is, today is a day. What do you, what's going on with you? What's going on as, as, um, not Wilford Brimley, but the other guy, Willard, Willard Scott. <laughs> Who is Scott? Who is the guy? Who is the, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, Wilford Brimley was was uh, was the one who was always talking about his diabetes. Diabetes, yeah, diabetes. Who just <laughs> passed away? Rest in peace. Yeah, um, yeah. But I thought he had died a long time ago. Um, well, that's what everybody thought. Yeah, yeah. I was with them. 
Yeah, as, as opposed to Tom Lehrer, who's uh, who's not who's not dead yet, apparently. Not, not so, yet. No. Uh, we had we had a very nice we had a very nice email from our friend um, Deep Scarlet, um, um, who is who is uh, Scarlet no more. Um, uh, but anyway, she's had some very nice things to say, and we had a nice chat about Tom Lehrer, who's uh, who's. I would and again, I encouraged her, and she's already seen it. But I will encourage everyone uh, check out the Tom Lehrer in Copenhagen um, uh, uh, show on PBS. You can also find it on YouTube. Um, it's he's a uh, he's a, I guess I would call him a folk singer, uh, kind of the uh, or or maybe the uh, it's not not really Weird Al, but it's sort of the Weird Al, the weird weird music guy. Um, so yeah, so I would encourage people to to check that out. Um, I I don't I'm, I I am not nearly as caffeinated as you. Oh. I am just onto my second um, small cup of co- small but strong cup of coffee. Um, the only thing I was going to contribute to the discussion was whenever you say you say uh, firing up the Skype box a lot. <laughs> it's um, it's, and it and it. <laughs> Should I not? Which, what, well, you don't know. You sh- you should, but it always makes me think of Steve Bannon. Oh gosh! <laughs> and, and let me explain why. Um, not because you're at all like Steve Bannon, but he he has a, he had this wonderful quote at some point when he when he left the White House. He he said, "I've got my hands. I don't know how to do a Steve Bannon voice. I'm just going to do this. I've got my hands back on my weapons." And I just I always I for whatever reason you firing up the Skype box. That's kind of like your weapon, you know, like uh, like this guitar kills fascists right like what what he got that's right uh yeah wow okay or or um uh tom morello so we we've been getting back into um master class um we we got the we got the master class app at home and uh tom morello who's the guitarist from rage against machine um my my older son who is learning how to play a guitar we've been watching these um tom morello master classes and on his guitar it says arm the homeless so so firing up oh nice skype, yeah which uh, absolutely um my yeah so so firing up my skype box is um w- that's my thing i need a sticker i need a sticker on the side of my um on one of my um macbooks that says that i you know my i have a macbook adorable we we've, we've been texting a little bit about this cuz i'm quite excited that the rumor is that the Mac MacBook adorable footprint is going to make a reappearance with the ARM chips uh, that that um, that Apple's making, and because my old one is is quite like it, it, uh, yesterday, it gave me a question mark a couple of times on the on, mm. on the file structure the the you know that the, so so anyway but I wanna I wanna highlight here that it's in my hands right now and it says food safety talk on it. Because you and I, at one of our like, you know, cool um, f- food safety talk road trips, we went to um, Michigan State and hung mm-hmm. out with a friend of the show, Caitlin, in her living room, and had a meet up with a few other listeners. And one of the listeners gave us food safety talk uh, decals, right? Decals. How do I say it? What's it's like pencil crayons. You say decals. The proper way is decals. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's got a food safety talk decal on it. Um, and so, so I need a, anyway. I, when I get a new one, I'm going to make a decal that says uh, "firing up the Skype box" <laughs> and put it on my new MacBook. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so there you go. There you go. Um, it is. I've got my hands back on my weapons. I'm free. I've got my hands. I'm. I, wow. <laughs> Ah, he's returning to oh, bright so, part news. Oh, gosh. Exciting, uh, well, semi-exciting hardware news. So I, I have for a long time, uh, well, so a couple of things. So I used to have a, 
uh, what was it called? Um, uh, and well, the generic name is Network Attack Attached Storage NAS. Um, oh, and I forget what it, what the, what brand it was. But I just recently got a Synology. Oh. Um, and I got the Synology really not to stream, you know, media from, but really because I wanted um, something to do time machine uh, backups to because my my Apple time capsule was just just sort of, you know, um, what do they say? A bit the big one. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it was functioning, but it would just it, it, on a regular basis. It would just it would just the green light would go from green to yellow, and that would be the end of it until I until I turned it off and turned it back on again. And then it was also my my computer hard disk was bigger, and the the time time capsule was too small. So anyway, so I have now have a very nice, very quiet, um, rather expensive uh, Synology that I'm using for as my uh, time machine backup. I'm very very excited about that. What what so, uh, what? How many bays do you get you get a you get a two bay four. you get a four bay oh damn yeah and, and since I, I was not gonna live in the basement uh so i so i got it with uh, ssds which th that's what made it expensive yeah, right because yeah. it, i needed something without spinning discs in it so right. and, it, cool. and actually because, because it has uh ssds in it it's also very fast to do backup so oh that's pretty cool i yeah. so so i've been we um we've had the a backup a family backup talk recently like we had a mm -hmm. Let's all sit in the in the living room and say we we have somewhere in between eight and fifteen devices that you know between phones and iPads and and multiple computers and and there's lots of stuff on these things and and we need to we need to figure out something for it and my stuff I, I got a system right like I, I've, mm -hmm. I because I'm because because I've lost data right like it's right it's happened. That's, um, that makes you a believer. I am. Yes. Yeah. And, and it was, and, and I, I was, I was a believer before, but I also wasn't as, um, studious or committed to it. And, and I, so I had a, I had a, a backup, but it, there was a gap, right? Um, so, so anyway, what we've been doing, I started subscribing and we, we're not, um, our things, you know, we've got family pictures, right? Like lots and lots yeah, of pictures. Yeah, yeah. Um, and videos and not a lot of media stuff, but then I've got, you know, I, I, I like all of our profiles of our, of our machines and we, it was becoming unmanageable in the iCloud system without purchasing additional space. And so I did that and it's, and so that, that's how we're managing it now is, um, you know, all, and D, like Danny, almost her entire life is on her phone. So, so it was really important to get a full backup of that in a couple of different spots. Um, so yeah, so we're in the, we're in the cloud, uh, with all, with mm -hmm. all that mm -hmm. stuff. And mm -hmm. it, and, and, but, but it, it was only after like investigating it, like, like me asking, Hey, I've given, you know, I've given you guys some, um, external hard drives. Uh, when did you last run the backup? Mm -hmm. And, and, the and everyone, you know, shoegazes or whistles and looks to the side and so, so I just said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn on this whole iCloud automatic backup. I'm going to set up all of our devices. So it just goes there and you don't have to worry about it. And I'm just going to pay for it. Um, so that's, right. what, that's what we do. But, but cool. I, yeah, but I looked at a Synology as, as part of this decision-making, um, and didn't, didn't get it, but I'm really excited for you. Cause it's, it's, it's more, um, I don't know. It seems more, uh, it, it doesn't drag down the internet. <laughs> 
right? Like, oh, for sure, right, right. Well, and, and we've had discussions, uh, you know, uh, with uh, about the Eero uh, that you have, and that the fact that you had to turn, buy this, yeah. you know, uh, two dollars a month to to filter ads. I I'm 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 liking it just because I like to see what's going on with my network. But I am really um, not. I don't think it's really giving. It's doesn't giving me the benefit that you're getting. So. Uh, let me just look at my Eero right now. So, for example, um, this week so far, zero ad blocks, zero threat blocks, and only uh, twenty eight hundred uh, scans. Oh, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding! This week? Yeah, oh, this oh, week. Okay, okay. Are you ready? So for which, this? And admittedly, this week is not that long. We can look at last week. Oh no, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you up pretty good on this week. Ad, okay. ad blocks, eight thousand four hundred and forty seven. Threat blocks, two hundred and three. Scans three hundred and seventy thousand four hundred and sixty-five. See, something's going on with the ninety devices we have, and the terrible yeah. websites that my children and maybe Danielle visit with lots of things that really chug the internet. So this has made a massive difference on it. And, well, and and yeah. you can you can go in by device, right? Yeah, so yeah. you can see who the offenders are. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Danielle. iPad three (laughs) living room, Nintendo corporation, PS four, Jack's iPad. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see it. Wow. But, but we, yeah. So anyway, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying knowing like what's on the internet, but, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to keep up with the, the, the subscription. So, and it, it seems to have blocked less over time. Like it was, it was, I mean, it was blocking a lot more initially, so I don't know what that's about, but yeah. Well, so I've found that as well. Like my, my first couple of weeks, there was way more. I think, I think my (laughs) not knowing anything about the technology Don, I think it's getting smarter. I think it knows where the blocks are. Like it, it seals some of the mm. holes, right? It it says, well, before be. yeah. it was coming in here. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna plug that up, and and now maybe it'll it'll overflow over here, and I'll plug that up later. But but the one that it was coming in before, now there's less. Um, that yeah, but <laughs> but I think I think that the solution with with backup is it has to it has to to just basically if you do nothing it should work yes, right and yes. that's why i really and also i'll give a there none of these companies are sponsors but i'll give a plug uh to backblaze because i'm also running backblaze right um uh, and then and then i've also got a lot of stuff in dropbox which i don't consider a backup but it is it is another place that my stuff is stored and so between um time machine backblaze and dropbox um i'm pretty confident the the actually the worst the, the most the thing that most happens and it just bugs the crap out of me is various um, products in the Microsoft Office suite will occasionally just crash. And, yeah. and if it hasn't saved a version, I'm I'm screwed. And and it's especially like big files or, you know, and uh, some of it's self-inflicted because what, what I've discovered, Ben, if you have a file open and then you go into the uh, directory structure and you rename that file <laughs> sometimes uh, while it's open, sometimes that can cause things to crash. True. So I recommend people not do that. True. I I find and um, it's better with this version of Word or uh, the Office Suite that I'm currently running, which is mm-hmm. I don't know about Microsoft Word sixteen point sixteen point two five. So write that down. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is it is better than it, than it used to be. But if I open two documents at the same time and one of them had like some embedded like link to an Excel file. Oh gosh, everything like my, my computer just started crying. 
and everything would mm. shut down, but not immediately. It would give me a beach ball for a while. So I, I don't know. And and I don't and like these are these are the the nuisances that I. I, I feel like I have the tools to figure out what the problem is, but also I just don't want to, I want it to work. Like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly, like, you know, exactly. just it all, it all. So yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's like why how I, Apple used to be. Right. Right. That's <laughs> and well, And that's why I went with the iCloud backup. I was like, you know what, this will, yeah. this should just work for the thing that we need. This should just work. And, and it seems to be, um, that's good. Yeah. So, um, another, this is, this, I, I've got, I have a, a thing of something that's happening to me and, and it relates to food safety sort of. Okay. Um, my, my microwave like crapped out. It, it died. Mm. Um, and, and so I, I don't think of myself as a, uh, a voracious microwave user. Right. But when you don't have a microwave for like five days, and you oh, just yeah, I we 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 use it constantly, right? I mean, and not not that we're preparing meals in it, but that's how I heat the water for my coffee. It's it's often how I make my turkey bacon. Um, it's it's if we ha if we're you know occasionally we will have frozen food, right? And so we will we will microwave the the you know frozen entrees, uh, in, you know. And so yeah, and if it and and we actually also had a bit of a we thought our microwave was dying. I think it was just that the the grid was over the electrical grid was overloaded such so such that we were not getting all of the volts we needed into our house. <laughs> 220, or whatever 220, 221, <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes. <laughs> oh, that's that not a good ring. Hold on. Oh. There we go. Um, oh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so, uh, and I think that once we got through that really hot phase of the summer, that problem went away, which is really good because, you know, and this is, this is like first world problems, but um, like the model microwave that we have is fine. You can't get a replacement because they don't make that model anymore, but it sits on a shelf that has a certain depth, width, and height. Yep. And and now we've got to find. Okay, we want a microwave, ideally one with all the watts that will fit in that space. And it's just like, oh god, this is like a it's like a Chinese puzzle, right? Like <laughs> I can't solve this problem. You, so Ugh. you're anyway, microwave. Sorry, yeah, I interrupted you. No, no, you didn't. You're you you just described my my last mm. three days. Like oh, god. so so yes. I, so we have we have a microwave that is not it's not ideal. It's not how we would have built this kitchen. It's above our our range, above the stove, um, and it's it's um, nominally built in. So there's a strip of cabinet underneath the microwave that kind of frames it. So the microwave hovers like you you screwed in from from the top of the cabinet. There is a range hood that's built into the bottom of the microwave, and then there's this lip of of cabinetry. And so our our challenge, if if you accept it. Um, is to find exactly what you said, something that fits, that has the right depth, the right width, the right height. And what is crazy, th and this is like, this uh, literally blows my mind, there's not a standard built-in microwave height or width. Like, they're all somewhat around 30 inches wide, and they range from 14 and a half inches to 16 inches. 
and and so so we we had to go like search online and find the right thing and then you know because because of the because of the covid i don't know if you've heard about the pandemic things it's difficult to order certain things like electronics so the one of the models that i could get on amazon that looked great was like uh, uh not expected to be in stock october week of october 13th or something like, well, that's not going to work. So, so anyway, we went to Lowe's last night, Lowe's, Lowe's hard, hardware, found something that's, that's going to fit. Um, and, and I, um, I am due to install that later, later today, but it is it, like, I, until I didn't have one, I didn't realize how often we used it. And it's like, you, like, I guess my, my, my thought was, I don't think we, like it broke and I was like, oh, it should be fine. We don't need a microwave right now. Right, like no, no big deal. Let's just wait. We'll find the right one. Danny, Danny really wants to um, build a, a build-in cabinet and have this, um, have the microwave sort of sit in a almost like a, a drawer. And so there are models that you can do that with. Um, but she's like, I don't really want to do that right now. So I'm like, oh, we'll wait. Right. And turns out after the kids asked for the 700th time if they could make popcorn, if they could just take the popcorn bag from the microwave and somehow put that in the oven, um, I realized that we needed to go get a microwave. So that's, so that's what I did last night. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to work out. Um, but <laughs> honestly, what you should really teach your kids to do is like, well, you should, you should get some popcorn, well, true. right? Not, not in a microwave bag. And you should teach your kids how to make popcorn. Cause I mean, let's, so we have, we, so we've, I don't know how much we've talked about this. Do your kids cook or, or, I mean, and I don't, I don't mean put stuff uh, in the microwave. Yeah, no, they don't, they don't. And, and it's because they don't eat foods that are cooked. They only eat. <laughs> they, so, 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 so like they, they really, the, their menu has expanded. Um, the, I, and, and so I guess the, the most cooking that my kids would do, um, they, they will make pancakes um, they will make grilled cheese sandwiches with supervision because it's you, you kind of burn those if you leave them too long. And they can make quesadillas. And the quesadillas are very boring because it is cheese and tortilla, and that's it. Um, and then, then the other foods that they eat are spaghetti, chicken. So, like, we'll, we'll roast the chicken, and then they'll, they'll you know, we'll pick away at that over a, over a week. Um, and, and, and toast. There's a lot of toast that happens. Here, here in our house. So no, they're not like, I don't know. They're not adventurous eaters. And, and they're like, like I said, they're getting better, but, but the cooking, you know, the, oh, the whole thought of like, oh, if you, t if you, if you engage your kids in cooking, then that will make them more better eaters. Well, they have no interest in cooking things that they are not eating. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So sorry. That's a long winded answer. You asked, you asked whether they cooked and, and sort of. No, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a good, that's a good answer. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, learning to make popcorn would be, I think a good thing for them to do. Um, now, but, what, but obviously it would require, uh, supervision. What kind of popcorn are you talking like popcorn on the stove oh, top? Like, 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 yeah, a, like, like you, you, you take a pan, um, okay. you put some oil in it, you put a couple of kernels of corn, you crank the heat way up, you wait until the, those kernels pop. And then you put the rest of the corn in, you turn the heat down, you put the rest of the corn in and you just sort of sit there and you wait and maybe you shake the thing a little bit and then, uh, you'll have to listen. You have to pay attention, right? You have to, you have to get the right size pot. You have to wet measure stuff. Right. And then, uh, 
uh, yeah, and then and then when the when the popping is almost done, that's when you turn it off. Because otherwise, you and it's always a it's a bit of a I, I like it because it's a bit of a challenge, right? Because what you want is no burn popcorn, but no unpopped kernels, and that's a pretty that's a pretty fine line. And so uh, yeah, and I think you want to err on the side of um, a little bit more towards unpopped kernels than than burnt popcorn, right? And so you know the idea is to minimize the number of unpopped kernels without burning any of the popcorn. And it's a it's it's fun, but I mean I'm maybe I'm weird. No, no, that, <laughs> maybe, maybe your kids are not. A, no, so so we we um I can't remember if I told you, but we went and stayed in a treehouse in Western North Carolina. Did we talk about this? <laughs> I um maybe. <laughs> well, so so about a month ago, we went we we because we couldn't go to Canada because um because Canada won't let Americans in, or Canada won't let Canadians who live in America in because we're ridden with a, a virus that is um, terrible. Um, so instead of our, our couple of weeks back in, in Ontario, hanging out with our family, um, we, we couldn't do that. So, but we went to the Western part of the state and, um, did some like outdoor things and mountain biking and then stayed in a tree house. Oh yeah, and, we did. Yeah, we yeah. did. We did talk about this. Well, so in the tree house, there was an outdoor stove and the tree house was in, they, they had a, a general store, uh, at the site that we were at and they had these, uh, I, I want to call it Jiffy pop. I don't know if that's a, if that's the right thing, but it was mm -hmm. a stove. As much fun to make as it is to eat. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was kind of like what you just described. Jiffy pop caught popcorn. Oh, do you hear that? 1970s commercial. Um, and it's, oh, I do hear it. Yes. Yeah. And it's a, uh, uh, I'm describing something that I learned about on The Price is Right because I think that's where I saw that in the first place. It's this like tin, uh, tin foil, aluminum foil pan that's popcorn that you put mm -hmm. on the stove. Yep. It's all, it's doing it for you. It's all, it's prepackaged. Yeah, that's, that's, I, that's what I do except without, without the packaging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're doing it in a, yeah. you're, you're doing it like the, um, uh, like, like our like our forefathers did. You you do like I, I this 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 probably dates me, but I, I mean, or maybe maybe they still have this. But I made this as a kid. This was a lot of fun. It really almost was as much fun to make as it was to eat. Yeah. So we we did this. As you the, make it, the the foil expands and it gets bigger and bigger. It's very cool. It is. So they do. So now yours, you don't do it with the foil. You just do it in the pan, right? Like you don't. I just <laughs> I just do it in a pan, right? Exactly. Oh, oh, someone's talking to me. Mine. There we go. Sorry. Oh. No, it was it's the YouTube. Um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. Okay. Are you still there? I'm here. Okay. Good. Um. Sorry. I meant someone was talking to you. Me. It wasn't you. It was the oh. YouTube oh. Uh, person on YouTube. Um. So okay. So so here's the here's the 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 pivot. Like as we always do, right? We're we're what? Right. How many how many minutes? Twenty nine minutes into this. So so are we finally uh, going to talk about food safety? Yeah, and it's a challenge I've got right now, and this oh, is okay. it's cool. a challenge. Yeah, it's a ch this is a, it's a cha challenge podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, we so oh wait before we do this, I need to thank yes. you for something. Oh, okay, I need to thank you for Taskmaster. Oh, okay, yes, because I I uh, so so we'll link to this in show notes. Um, there's a TV series that that I, I've watched uh, five or so episodes from the eighth season of it, um, and because it's it's on the CW network. It's the only one that I could find like streaming in any of the things that we have, um, mm -hmm. and it's a uh, it's this cool show with uh, Greg Greg Davis Greg Greg Davies said Davis as you as you've, right. as you've said before, and uh, and they is these funny like comedian people and he makes them do crazy things and it's really it's really delightful and we watched this weekend danny and i watched like five episodes straight and it was great anyway 
so that made me think about it was a challenge. Here's your here's your Taskmaster challenge. Oh, so so one so just one little brief bit of follow up. We are all cut up on Taskmaster, and so we need a new funny British thing. And so I'm going to suggest something else, uh, which uh, has some crossover. Uh, Greg. Uh, uh, Davis, uh, I can't remember what his actual name is now. Greg Davis has been on it, but he's not one of the regulars. Um, and the, the two, uh, so it, it is, it's hosted by Rob Bryden, um, who's, who's got a lovely Welsh accent and, and, and it features, uh, David Mitchell and Lee Mack as team captains. I, and I think, um, some of them may have been, I think, uh, um, I I'm, I'm not sure if they've been on, uh, Taskmaster, but they've certainly been on QI, which is the other British uh, game show we like. But this show is called Would I Lie to You? Oh, yeah. And basically, they, they, and again, there's, there's a bunch on YouTube. Uh, you can find it various different places. Um, and it is, and we, we started watching it because there were just some really funny, uh, clips. Um, uh, and, and then, and then we, from there, it was like, okay, we just have to watch this show. And so it is, um, and, and the premise is that, uh, basically, you have two teams of three, one person will, say something, usually some ludicrous thing that apparently happened to them. And then the other team quizzes them about the thing to try to figure out whether they're telling the truth or whether they're lying. And it's just, it's just basically a platform for British people, British comedians to be funny and it's, or, or you know, not just comedians, but, but and it's, just, it's, 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 it's really, and then, you know, there's a little bit of intrigue. You're like, you got to figure are they really lying? You know? And sometimes, sometimes you, you guess right. And the panel guesses wrong. Um, but it's, it's just a lot of fun. And David, David Mitchell is just, I just, I, I just love his sensibility and his style of humor. He's just, anyway, he's just the best. So anyway, uh, right. would I lie to you? Highly I will check that. I will check that out. So I'm going to, we're going to finish season series eight. Did, did you watch it on the, uh, Brit box or acorn or something, something that's like uh, um, special. We watched Brit it on, on the television yeah, in our yeah. house, wherever, Kristen, yeah, wherever Kristen tells you it's coming on. Got it. Got it. Yeah. She just keeps up with all that for me. Well, I'm so I'm, I'm so into it that I'm going to, I'm going to have to figure out how to go back in time and watch mm -hmm. the, uh, the other series. Um, Okay, so here's your challenge. Here's my challenge that I'm working on mm. this week that's not super COVID-related, but it's COVID-influenced. Mm. Um, and, and so uh, so so you know how um, the food – okay, <laughs> let me like set the stage. There, food, okay. Hunger and food disparity is a problem, right? We can, yes. we can agree on yes. that. One of the, the things that um, has been really affected – by schools not opening is the free and reduced lunch program and other food programs to get food not only home with students but to their families and especially in you know here in, in North Carolina I don't have the most up-to-date stats but something from a couple of years ago I think it was um, it, it's something like 26 or 28 percent of people in my state experience food disparity annually and and like 15% are always uh, you know uh um it, it, not not able to to purchase food so it's like that's that's i don't know it's one of these things that really um it really bothers me in a um like on, a, on an emotional level and i i yeah. you know like it's I'm, a it's a it's appalling in it in, is. A, in a the one of the wealthiest countries in the world it's just appalling and, and it's complicated, right? Like, and it—it's it, one of these. Well, like, it's not that complicated, Ben. <laughs> well, I, but but it's it's kind of like it's it, it's systemic and the. It's, it, yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's the yeah yeah I mean I'm, I'm making I'm making yeah. light of it, but you know. It, yes. So 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 so, 
Um, we we work and in, in support, and I, I mentioned this on the on the podcast before, but we support the our Department of Public Instruction, which is the state department that oversees uh, public instruction. Um, but it's like high schools and elementary schools and charter schools. And that, that group um, has a connection with USDA's child nutrition program. And so, so we, work, we work on the food safety end of what's happening in school cafeterias. And um, we do a lot of training. We, we, you know, uh, uh, in fact, our Safe Plates um, manager, certified food protection manager program that I've talked about a bunch of times, it was um, – developed because our, our cafeterias had asked us for um, more in-depth training and something that was specific to schools. So, so that was, it was really like, I'm very, I feel very close to the school system. Both my kids are in the school system. Um, but also it's, it's like, I don't know, it's one of these things that I really, I, it, it's one of these things that sticks around in my mind. And I always feel like I, my group, we just haven't done enough in this area. So the, the situation is with, um, with virtual learning, the, the way that kids are getting food, and this is nothing new. It's, it, it started back in, in March, um, is through some like patchwork way of, of, of food delivery. And I say that not in a negative way. It's like some local area education authorities, um, put, put food on the, on a bus and they do the bus route that they were on before. And they, they drop boxes off for pickup at the bus stop. And, and so people go out and they pick it up. Some places have, um, you know, uh, people drive to the school and pick it up in through carpool kind of, uh, carpool lanes. Some other places, uh, teachers are driving it, uh, home to their local area and they've got a list of, um, like people that they can drop stuff off to. Like there's just a whole bunch of ways to do it. But but the the challenge challenge right now um is getting food not not so much getting prepared food home safe, but it's how do you um in, you know instead of cooking like a normal meal and then trying to package up hot and cold, can can we take can we repackage frozen or refrigerated foods, send that home, um, through these channels. And then how do we, how do we get folks who receive it to know how to prepare it in a safe way? Right. And, and what tools do we need to give them? And, and is it, and, and it's kind of like, it is, it's been a complicated situation. I haven't really sorted this out. We're working internally on this and we're working with the, the, the Department of Public Instruction and then we're talking with some local school authorities about, about it. But, it, but essentially, everyone's taking kind of a different approach on it. And sometimes they're sending things like frozen vegetables home, right? And frozen vegetables are, and we've talked about this on the, on the show, um, they're, they're not a ready to eat food. They would be a, a low risk food, um, but not a zero risk food. They, they do need to be cooked. And, and so how do you, how do you tell somebody that and what tools do they need to have? And I, by tools, I mean, do they need a thermometer? And if you're going to send partially cooked frozen chicken thighs home or, or, you know, you're, you're kind of sourcing stuff from the same places that you're sourcing things and cooking them in a commercial setting and repackaging them and getting them home. There's a lot of things to manage. And so, so I guess my challenge to you, so that's what I've been working on for the last couple of days. What, 
what things come to your mind? Like, what would you, you know, how would you approach this? Yeah. So <clears throat> good question. So I also have been thinking about this. Um, so at one point, a uh, friend of the show, uh, Noro Nerd, reached out to me uh, because I guess she's sort of dealing with the same issue from the public health perspective, right? Like, what can we put, what can we safely put on buses, and what what sort of time temperature parameters do we need to put in place? And then the other reason, because I'm sitting here in my my home office, if I look out the window that's right behind my computer monitor, um, I that's a school bus route. And then uh, at at some point during the end of the spring semester, I would look out and I'm like, oh, that's weird. The kids are all supposed to be doing at-home instruction. And then what are these people doing? And they're lining up to the school bus to get food, right? Like that was like I was literally witnessing that program in action in New Jersey. So I guess I, if I had to solve the problem, I would say, well, there's, there's it's and of course, it's a, it's a complicated problem with, with different constraints, right? So I would say I would start by thinking about, well, what let's let's look at different foods in terms of risk, right? So um, frozen vegetables is one level of risk. Um, peanut butter and saltines is a different level of risk, right? Um, and then uh, uncooked chicken thighs versus partially cooked chicken thighs, that's a different level of risk, right? And so, and and you've got with the school feeding, as I understand it with the school feeding programs, you know, it's, it's, it's already very constrained because you have certain nutritional constraints, you have calorie constraints, um, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out what you can get that you can get through the USDA, you know, um, like, you know, USDA cheese or whatever, right? Like, right. like the commodities that are part of that program and cost, right? And, and right. So, yeah, yeah. So you're, so you're trying to maximize nutrition, minimize cost. And now you've also got to add in now this food safety complexity that these foods are not being prepared in school cafeterias necessarily in school cafeterias by trained professionals, or if they are, um, you've still, now you've got to safely transport them. So, but that's, that's the way yeah, that I yeah. would approach it, but it, but it's, it's a, it's a hard problem. Um, and again, it's a ridiculous problem that we shouldn't have in a country with, with so much wealth, wealth and prosperity. Uh, yeah. So, and I've heard, you know, related, related to my current frame of mind, I've heard a number of people say on various podcasts that, that the last four years has just pushed them further to the left. And I'm, <laughs> Yeah. I'm definitely in that category. So if you don't like that, just stop listening. I That's really right. don't care. Yeah, exactly. There's other there's other <laughs> shows to listen to. Um <laughs> yeah, go find your far right food safety podcast. Yeah, I yeah. a couple of guys I could recommend that would do that show for you. <laughs> uh ding. Um I see it because I don't have my uh, I don't have my bell here. Um I'll ding for you. so so here's yeah, I mean I think you I think you you talked yeah, you, you talked about the the challenges. What we're kind of coming up with is a plan that that says, okay. First thing we want to do is put together a bunch of standard operating procedures for what the folks who are putting together these meal kits are, are need to do, right? And so so you, you nailed something on different foods have a different level of risk. And can we kind of manage this risk in some choices on what how we're building our menus, right? Like what we would have built for our menu when we were cooking and serving and not doing leftovers and preparing it all with trained individuals with a really you know detailed HACCP plan, knowing we have all the tools, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it maybe, maybe we need to choose some different foods and, and that's like a challenge, right? Like, and so now it's like, we got to work with our suppliers a little bit and maybe we shouldn't be doing like frozen and if frozen pizzas are a really good example, right? Cause we have a couple of examples of uh, outbreaks linked to undercooked frozen pizzas. And what made me th started thinking about this and the, the transition was, 
the tool that I think would be really common in, in many homes are microwaves, right? And so, so if I, if I'm getting a frozen entree that is micro, like even if it's microwavable or not microwavable, if, if that's the tool that I have to use this microwave, well, well, how do I do that in a safe way? And, and is it possible for me to ask my suppliers, ah, gosh, I don't know if this even exists. And so maybe some of our listeners do, but okay. Instead of a not ready to eat frozen pizza, can you give us a fully cooked frozen pizza that is microwavable? And because we now are not making these, these are not being made in our kitchens anymore. So, so part of it is menu building, right. And procuring, how do we get this food? Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. And then the other constraint with all of this school food lunch program is the food has to actually taste good to the kids, right? It doesn't do, you can optimize the nutrition, you can optimize the cost and you can maximize the food safety. Um, and if the kid throws it in the trash cause it tastes like crap, then all of that is wasted. Right. And yep. so the, the food at the end of the day has to also be palatable. So yeah. And I'm just looking, I'm looking at this pizza outbreak and I'm, and I, my recollect, I'm not seeing it in, in the CDC report, but I'm sure it's there somewhere, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying to remember what the causative agent was. And I think it was, it was, it was, uh, like pepperoni or something, right? That I was believe, the, yeah, I believe but, it was but here's pepperoni. the thing, yeah. like, like that shouldn't you shouldn't have to rely on cooking to make that safe. That pepperoni should already be safe. And the problem is, is that it, the pepperoni wasn't safe, right? I mean, pepperoni's shelf stable, right? So, right, so right. that that's the problem. Yeah. Well, right, right. But but we um, we also want to give everybody the the tools, right? Like on this to say, okay, the you know valid, validated cooking instructions. If this is ready to eat or not ready, you know how 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 are we going to reheat this, and how are you going to actually cook it. And and well, this and I, yeah. and I I would say honestly Ben if it was my problem to solve, I would just make sure that the food would be safe if it was not properly reheated, right? Yes. I, I I think it's too complicated to introduce into the 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 safe cooking directions, right? You, the cooking directions are are going to in, in my opinion, and again, I haven't tried to solve this problem and I haven't waded into it as deeply as you have, but I would just say let's start with something that if you, even if you eat it frozen right out of the box, it's, 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 it's quote unquote safe. Right. And, and so, yeah, I'm, you are, I think you're, you're getting right to the really complex part of this. How, how do we get, so we've got this nutritional aspect and we need to make sure that we are balancing with, um, fruits and vegetables, right? So what's an easy way to get fruits and vegetables at a cheap cost? Frozen vegetables. Mm, yep. Yeah. How do how do what do I do with frozen vegetables? Well, they're not ready to eat. So can I send a bag of frozen vegetables home with someone? And 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 with with a they need you know we uh, this is something that you and I've talked about. It is it's it's low risk, but it is we've seen we've seen a couple outbreaks. So how do I give someone the tools to do that? Right? Is it? You got to boil this for X amount of minutes. What's the validated cooking instruction that goes with that frozen vegetable? Because because I, I think where we're kind of uh, arriving on this is there isn't really a good way to do this without sending home some not ready frozen vegetables. 
Well, and 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 here's the thing. What's the easiest way to reheat frozen vegetables? Microwave. Exactly. Right? Exactly. What what's a food that's really hard to optimize cooking directions for? Microwave, right? Because they come in different wattages, even microwaves of the same wattage. Does it have a rotating turntable or not? Right? And you've got to engineer for all of that. And, ding ding ding. And and and, and, and well, now here's a, here's another complicated wrinkle that maybe you maybe you've thought about is if we optimize if we if we make sure that this frozen food is going to be, you know, to the appropriate temperature in the worst, smallest wattage, least rotatable microwave out there. Um, now, what have we done f for burn risk yeah. <laughs> for the, for the high end microwave, right? Yep. And, and then the, the, of course the solution to that is just simply for the person who's cooking it, the 13 year old who's cooking it at home to look up what the wattage of their microwave is, right? Like that's <laughs> right. going to happen. Right, 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 right. Well, and and I'll, and I'll give you like another like wrinkle in this. So, so yeah, I think we can, I, I think we can assume that there's some, uh, level of, uh, of, um, individuals who are home, kids who are home by themselves, right. Are doing virtual learning. They're receiving this food because their parents are, are out working, right. They're, they're, they're trying to keep things going. So they, so they may not have supervision and now, and, and this is, oh, this, it, it is such a hard one, right? So, so I, I start, I come at this and saying, okay. Yes, we can get this food home to people, and 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 we need to give them, like we need to give them thermometers, right? And so, how do we get um, I don't know, a hundred thousand thermometers in our state, or uh, you know, ten million thermometers across the U.S. for some of these foods? If we're if we're going to do that, and and one of um Natalie, who's who's in my group, who you know, um, brought up a point that I hadn't thought about, and it is it even adds its complexity. There's some homes out there where introducing a sharp object like a thermometer is a risk for those kids. And it's like, oh, damn, right. Like, like now we have this risk, risk trade-off that we have to figure out. Is it, is it better? You know, what, what do we do with foodborne illness versus like a, an instrument that can be used for, you know, for, for assaults or stabbing someone? And oh. yeah, right. Like, holy crap. So so anyway, this is, it's not easy. This is one of those things that I, I wish we did not have to handle, but I also feel like, we, you know, we're five months into this. We we're, we're now like at a situation where it's like, okay, this is not virtual school is not going to go away. We're going to have this for quite some time. So we got to figure this out. So, so what we're kind of doing is, all right, let's get some, let's get some standard operating procedures for the staff. And then let's get some training for those nutrition directors and even for health inspectors because that's where NeuroNerd kind of came at this is like how, you know, how it's handled here in Wake County versus Ash County, North Carolina is all going to be up to how, um, how – what the technical ability of the environmental health officer has to evaluate risk, right? So some of them might look at this in a different way. And it is – this is – some of this is going to be outside of the food code. And, um, it's, yeah, it, it's challenging. And then, so then the, the third sort of phase of this that I'm starting to work on, uh, is a plan is, is then some, some level of like edge, you know, videos and follow-up maybe with extension agents, um, in their local counties for these families on how do you prepare these foods, right? Like, like that's the other, um, what, what's the, the elephant in the room cliche on this one? Um, is that if you send home 12 different foods over a month, it, it's entirely possible that no one in that home's ever prepared frozen corn, 
right? Like it's, it seems really common to you and I, but I mean, I, I think that's making an assumption. And, and not only that, there's going to be some level of, of homes that only have a microwave, right? Like that, that it, it, it's a, there's really complicated living situations. So anyway, it's, it's been really weighing on me this, this whole, um, complex issue. And it's, and it's not, I mean, it's not, there's no easy solvable fix, but it is, it does seem like something that we can help with somehow. And, and we got to measure, we got to manage it's, it's risk, risk trade-offs in this one, right? Like what's the risk of only sending home shelf stable foods that taste terrible, right? While the risk is malnutrition, (laughs) right? Uh, And well, what's the risk of sending phenomenal foods home that taste great and that take a lot of preparation? Well, we, that may increase our risk of foodborne illness. And, and I, I don't know, I, I hope I'm not making too big of a deal about it, but I want to make sure that we were, uh, I want to I want to provide people with all the tools and information that they need to make safe decisions and have food. Well, and I think you know part, one again in in a, in a world where we we could make all the you know everything the way we wanted, I would rather have frozen foods be ready to eat, and I would rather frozen food companies be able to test finished product for listeria and have a tolerance, right? Like ultimately that would be a good solution, right? For, for, um, for, for these, for these situations, right? Um, anyway, and so I'm I'm typing down, uh, writing down show titles, uh, and I wrote down elephant in the room cliche, except, um, I just was sort of half, half engaging my brain and I wrote down elephant in the food cliche, <laughs> Perfect. which, which would have been a great title, except, uh, I just said it now. Um, uh, and I, I don't think you can have a deliberate, a deliberate title that you, that you deliberately try. It has to be natural and organic in the conversation, but true, I'm writing it down anyway. Yeah. And keep it, keep it there. Cause we'll, when we tweet out the, um, show titles that didn't make the show title, uh, li- li- no show titles, uh, that the, on the list that didn't actually make, become the title, whatever, uh, we'll, we'll include that one. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's like uh, that, that's my microwave food safety school nutrition story. And, and I, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm working to try and help figure this out. And I, I say me, I mean, there's just a bunch of us that are working on this issue, right? Like it's not, we, we've got such great colleagues at the department of public instruction and such great colleagues at local health, uh, health departments and state health departments. And we're all trying to, we, the, the Natalie, Natalie's, uh, Natalie Seymour in my, in my group brought something up. She said, you know, this is one of these issues where all of us, everyone's kind of right. And we're all approaching this from different angles and none of our solutions agree with each other. Right. Like, like, yeah. and, and there's no, this, this is, I don't know. I don't know. So, so anyway, that's, uh, I guess more from that as we go forward and, and there's no, like, here's the other thing, right? Like the stuff that I just mentioned on, okay, let's do, let's do standard operating procedures. Let's do ed, um, educational stuff. There's no money in the school system to do this. Like, like we need, right. We, we need to get exactly. kids. So, so it's like, and, and now we're, but I mean, that, that's, you know, sort of besides the point in our situation, but I look at other States who may not have um, a land grant school food safety specialist person who can dedicate time to this. What are they doing? Right. Like, like, and maybe, and maybe what else is happening out there? Not that comes across as like, Oh, we've got it all figured out here in North Carolina. And my group knows what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing, but this has got to be happening elsewhere. And I feel terrible for those, uh, states and other jurisdictions that, that have no money and don't have 
a resource that because there's no money, right? Like in in other right. in other situations. Oh gosh. But 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 the good news is, is like the your deliberations and your thoughts on this. Um, you should be able to at least help them solve their problem, right? Like like hey, look, this is what we went through in North Carolina. Here's what we've come up with. You know, adapt as you see fit. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, and and so and I'm all I'm all about especially for things like this. Um, making sure that we make this available. And it's like the thing that I I started with, right? Like doing these, um, you know, zooming in or Google meeting into high school classrooms, something that we, we didn't even, we were never really asked to do before because everyone was in person and just wasn't practical. Now it's like, oh, well I can, we can make more of these and get more reach and spread it out and share with people about these things. So not everybody has to re recreate it. Um, so same, yeah, same thing. So anyway, so, so what, yeah. So what's, uh, what do you got going on? <laughs> That's me. That's my show. Uh, you got, you got anything, you um, got any, any content here? To, no. What have I, what have I got? No, I got, I got nothing. Um, Hey, we want, you want to do some, you want to do some, uh, listener email? I would love to do some listener email. Let me, Good, let me cause go. I've been, I've been keeping it here in my, um, in my, uh, email program and I feel bad that we haven't been able to get to it. So I'm firing I'll, up the Skype email box. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So let's do, uh, we're doing it in, in oldest first. Okay. Um, oh, all right. We did, we did Billy Mitchell. So good job, Billy. Um, all right. Um, are you, oh, so here's, are you in the mark? Yeah. So, so, uh, which, which folder are we in FST March 4th? I'm, I'm, I'm in the computer program called Outlook. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't have, this. I only have this. You don't have this. So, Got it. so that's why, because, because I just, I, you know, the, the, I mean, the Dropbox is great, um, but it just became a mess. And yeah. so I just figured, you know, I could just keep all of the listener feedback in this folder in my computer and then we'll just get to it when we get to it. Perfect. So, perfect. All right. So, um, all right. So I will just, this is just some, somebody saying nice things. So this is from Joe. Joe said, I just wanted to drop a line and say thank you guys for this podcast. I'm sure that I found it through Merlin, yes. And I definitely appreciate that Food Safety Talk is in the orbit of all the great shows. Um, But the perspective and storytelling are truly great. It is one of the few shows I always recommend to folks looking for new podcasts to listen to. Either they thank me or they stop asking for recommendations. (laughs) This is – thank you, Joe. That's – that is – yes, thank you so much. That's just – that's just delightful. Thank you. Um – all right. Um, let's see. Um, this one. All right. Let, yeah, let's. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. I'll read this. Um, hi, uh, uh, this is from Pat. Uh, hi, Ben and Don. I'm a regular and avid listener of the podcast. You even succeeded in making me a little bit interested in hockey. I can finally fake my way through a Minnesota conversation. So, hey, look, <laughs> unexpected side benefit. Um uh, I work at uh, Blank Blank Law Firm in Minnesota. One of our key practice areas is Legionnaires Disease Litigation. We actually practice in all areas of pathogen law with foodborne illness comprising majority of our cases and Legionella coming in second. Nosocomial infections are a distant third. If you ever would like any background on Legionnaires litigation at any level of detail, you can stand, let me know, and I'll connect you with the legal team. So, oh, we also never change the po- format of the podcast. It's perfection. Thank you so much. You know what? That's that's actually a nice, it's, it's a way of plugging his what he does. 
but yeah. but not currently plugging it. And so we're gonna we're gonna give them uh, we're gonna give them a link. So uh, yeah, so so we'll we'll link to uh, uh, Legionnaire's Disease uh, Lawyer. This is not so it's nice to hear from a lawyer that's not that's not uh, Bill Marler. So we, we should spread <laughs> our our legal uh, stuff around. So okay, I'll, so I got yeah. I got a, a thing on Legionnaire's Disease. Oh, cool. Um, Let's go for it. Yeah. So and we'll I'll see if I can throw this into um, into show notes, but. Um, while I talk about it, but have you, have you heard, have you read about like, um, because school water systems have been shut down, oh, yes. there's like yes. lots of like, cause yep. people aren't running yep. the taps and yep. Legionella, exactly. uh, yeah. It's, and so, so there's this whole other, um, you know, like, like there is in such, you know, the impacts of this pandemic, you know, some ripple, you know, potential for Legionnaires in schools, uh, in, as they reopen, which is crazy. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and there's there's tons of there's tons of stuff out there. Just quickly Google, Googling Legionella and COVID-19. Uh, lots of stuff out there. The top hit for me is some guidance uh, on COVID-19 uh, for Legionella and building water coming from uh, Washington state. So, yeah, good. it's it's uh, yeah, it's just the it's oh, and here, oh yeah, actually, well, you know, we'll, we'll link to the um, uh, CDC has something on Legionella for health departments. So we'll we'll link to that. Yep. Cool. Cool. Good. All right. Um, let's see. This is boy. This is oh God. This this is uh, oof. I, we're not. I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's about a billion words. Um, all right. So this is from uh, Janet. Uh, hi, Dr. Dan, Don and Dr. Ben. I know this is very is long. Sorry. It is, this is very long. Sorry. It is long. This was posted on my community Facebook group. On another email, I will send you the author's particulars. The beginning is an introduction. Is an introduction. Uh, I can only assume to members of my community Facebook group. You don't need to reply or comment. I thought you smart guys would find this interesting, uh, signed a fan, Janet. Um, let's see. Um, oh, it just, it just goes, it's a long screed on COVID. Um, oof, I, yeah. I, I, Is it from I, next door? Is this a it, no? It's a Facebook group. Oh, a Facebook group. Um, yeah, here's a bit of science from a family member by marriage whom I've known well respected for twenty plus years. I'm oh, not going to spin gosh. it in any way because it it's apolitical and speaks for itself. Oh. I'm also not going to reply if you haven't read it, don't understand it, or want to level up your Facebook ego by blindly battling it. So just read and let me know how to how you to question or dispute. I, I this is just really long, and I am not. I mean, this is yeah. There's a lot of uh, COVID nineteen talk. There's a lot of Fauci talk. There's a lot of talk about deaths. And hospitalizations and COVID. It's basically about COVID nineteen. Is COVID nineteen worse than the flu? Um, yeah, I'm. I, I. don't even. I don't even want to grapple with this. So sounds like I, a I, great Thank you for sharing, but yeah. I don't have the energy for this today. So, but but thank you. Uh, yeah, and so I. I guess maybe we we have a discussion in general about like when we did have a. Uh, uh, I had an interaction with uh, that uh, putative um, future host of the right wing food safety podcast who posted some stuff um, about uh, COVID-19 and about this latest CDC stuff about um, it's, uh, you know, recorrecting to say that the six, only 6% of the deaths that were originally attributed to COVID-19 are actually COVID-19. Have you, have you, have you weighed into that at all? Nope. Or you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm Don, I'm mostly off of Facebook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I only go on um, when uh when I when I want to get my get my my uh, 
uh, my, I, my ire on, I guess, when I want when I want to have some vitriol and when I just want to report people, which I do mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit when they put up uh, stuff. And, you know, it's kind of kind of crazy. Um, the post that you're talking about. Oh, it looks like the content's not available right now because uh, huh. it's been removed because it was nice. garbage. Sorry. <laughs> nice. Good job. Yeah. I should just do that. I shouldn't. I let I let our our dear friend Michelle bait me into um, going out and engaging. I don't. I don't think honestly. I really feel sad to say this. I don't think there's any reasoning with these people. We just need to report stuff that we know yep. is factually incorrect. Yeah, and and it makes me so so. We we have a few people in in our um, social circle through hockey who who also post a lot of stuff on on the Facebook, and and I often and this is this will sound terrible, right? So we we are kind of mixed up in this, right? Like that, that we, we do food safety and COVID stuff and, and have been reading a lot about data and the virus and have a, I, I would say a fairly good understanding about the biology and transmission and epidemiology. Would you agree with that, Don? Like not to overstep it? Like, uh, I, I honestly, Ben, I, I, I probably overconfident and I'm going to make a mistake, but I feel I was given, I was talking today, um, today, yesterday, but today, I mean, yesterday, cause it's COVID time, <laughs> it's the same. um, yeah. uh, with a reporter about, uh, the gov- New Jersey governor's plan to reopen indoor dining. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I felt like I could, I could speak about that. And I, I, and I had some, I had some opinions that I think were backed up by science. So I'm, I'm very comfortable talking about COVID-19 risk. Cause guess what, Ben, I understand microorganisms. I understand how they move. I, maybe I'm not an expert on, on viruses or on airborne viruses, but you know what? I'm, I've got a PhD and I can learn how to learn. And I've learned a bunch and I feel comfortable sharing that. And we'd spend time on this. Like this is literally part yeah. of our job, right? Like, like this, you know, we've made a part of our job. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so what, and, well, and we, who knows, we might even be so good at it. We might even someday get a grant for it. Maybe if it's, if it's possible, if it's, yeah. Uh, um, so, so what, what I, and I, this has been said and there's memes about it, but I, I do really feel this, right? I don't know anything about the insurance world. Like I, I oh, know, I, I know, I know a bit because well, I've actually done some work for insurance lawyers um, right, right. on a food support. Agency. So I, I, I know I, I've got, I've got a, and I'm actually, yeah, I know I've, I've, I've put more than a toe into that world. So yeah. Well, but, and so what I mean is I don't know how you sell insurance. I don't know the best oh. insurance. I, I don't know. <laughs> Um, I don't know who, like if I'm an insurance broker, he, you know, get, get it from the, from MetLife and don't get it from these guys. And what do you want to do with your, like, that's not my world. Right. And so, right. so I wouldn't, I have no interest in weighing in on the intricacies of insurance, but there are people who sell insurance who really want to tell me about the intricacies of disease transmission in restaurants. And I, and oh. <laughs> Interesting. Right. Right. Interesting. And, yeah. and, and so, so it's like, well, that's odd. And, and I don't, and I don't, I don't want to be pretentious about it. I just, I just want it to be like, and, and it's really easy to fall back into like, well, shit, I'm trained in this and I do this. Okay. Tell me, tell me more about why you think that's the case and what you've read on Facebook. And, and how did that email start? It was a friend of the family for more than 20 years. And I trust everything from them, you know, whatever this post was, right. right. Like that's how people are getting information and making decisions. And this is like such an amazing case study and risk communication. And we're way into this now, but gosh, it is like, it's really, it's really difficult to engage in a conversation about science 
when someone's decision making has already been made up and they're not in the world of science. Like I'm, I'd be fine engaging in a conversation with, um, with our uh, right wing food safety talk hosts um, about, about this. If we could sort of agree on like, let's look at data and let's not, not, you know, think about it differently. Not like let's, Oh, this is um, no one really knows for sure. And estimates, blah, blah, blah. But, but I, I find it harder to have that conversation with, with someone who, who sells insurance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Huh? Yeah. And I'm, I'm being, I'm being, I'm, I might be being too cryptic. And I, I want to point out for those who listen to the show, who might know me in the hockey, the person I'm talking about doesn't actually sell insurance. I just made that as like a, a like they, they, they do other things, but, but I don't know anything about their world either. Um, but I, I thought the analogy of an insurance salesperson would be, would be ideal here. Yes. Am I, am I, am I being articulate with, is it bad? Am I, are we going to get calls about this? Are we getting letters? Maybe. I don't care. Nah, it, doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't I, care. Yeah. But so, like, let, let scientists be scientists and let us argue about it. And, and, and also wait, ask us, right? Like ask us what, what this means. And with our. Uh, with with our expertise or whatever, let us let us talk about it. Not no, that's wrong. That you're just you know, Fauci's on a on a plane with thugs and and they're all going to Portland or whatever. <laughs> oh gosh! All right, what else? What else we got in this in the magic? All right, uh, so yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll say I'll say too as a bit of follow up, more follow up from uh, from Janet. Um, she actually uh, sent the credentials of the person, and this is a person with a PhD uh, that teaches about food safety and food microbiology. I'll, I guess all I'll say with respect to is it worse than the flu or not, and is it really killing people? I would just and we'll 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 find uh, something good to link to on uh, from Google Scholar on this. But if you just, I would say what has really and I've had I've had honestly the same questions and and I, I you can probably find me talking on a very popular podcast that I am occasionally a guest on that might be called Dubai Friday um, uh, and maybe even on this podcast uh, saying um, you know what I don't think it's that bad and in fact you can even this the the virology podcast that I has become a must listen to multi hours per week uh, called this week in virology you can actually find early episodes of that show where public health epidemic people that study viruses saying, yeah, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I right. um, uh, had a really nice email exchange with uh, Rich Condit, who's a former uh, professor, is a professor emeritus from University of Florida. Um, uh, and, and again, he's said, hey, I got it wrong. I really thought it was not going to be this bad. But I think if you want to, if you really want to f- know how bad COVID-19 is, uh, just look for uh, papers on uh, excess mortality, right? COVID-19 excess mortality, and there's a bunch of them, and we'll link to at least one. Uh, there's one in the in the Lancet, um, basically showing, uh, yeah, guess what? There's excess mortality. You don't even have to know about what caused it. All you can you can look at death rates are fairly predictable, right? And you can look at the death rate, and it, it varies by season, okay? And you just look at well, what was the what was the the seasonal death rate um, in 2017 and 2018 and 2019, and then what was it for 2020? And there's a giant spike, right? And so bottom line is there's excess mortality from, from COVID-19. Okay. So back, back to it. Don, Uh Don, can I just, can I just add in? uh, Oh, please. Yeah. um, 
Uh, a little uh, American politics uh, content here. Uh, our new constitution is now established and has an appearance that promises permanency. But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. And and I'll add in death, seasonal death rates. <laughs> that was uh, Benjamin Franklin in a letter to Jean-Baptiste Lois. Uh, oh, oh, it's so bad. so all right. So yeah, Ben Franklin, man, always always good for a, a laugh and a, and a pithy quote. <laughs> exactly. And this is one according to, to to Wikipedia that he actually did say. It's not like all the uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, quotes that that were not attributed <laughs> to him that uh, uh, you know might, might have been on TV last week uh, in in political parties. Oh gosh, yes. we're losing. We're you know what? We're gaining followers and we're losing followers. We're going to net out. Speaking, speaking of this, like I, I cannot break on Twitter. I cannot break. I know this is like, you know, this is the, the again, the um, uh, great white wine. Um, I can't break 9,400. I don't understand what it is. Like Twitter, Twitter is keeping me below 10K. I know they're doing it on purpose with their algorithms. I'm, I, I broke <sighs> I broke 4,300 this week and I'm, I'm climbing, nice. climbing steadily. But you, I mean, you had a, you, you had a, an internet a, fame moment. I did. And, which was yeah. awesome. Which, which, yeah, would, I think I might have peaked. I might have reached my maximum internet fame. Well, but your internet fame gave me a bump, which was also I got I got to ride your coattails. So, so I, I think I got an extra five hundred or a thousand followers from from your fame. So that was awesome. I I have to say the latest the latest uh, bump uh, a little bit of a bump was uh, actually from Bazako. So I'm, I I don't mind uh, riding on riding on Bazako's coattails either. No, he's great. He's yeah, and. Not to obsec too much, but congratulations to Bazako on a new yeah. addition to his family. Yeah, yeah, very nice. They, you, you know what? I'll be cryptic. No one knows. Maybe it's a pet. Maybe it's something else. Who knows? But congrats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe they got some chickens. Maybe they got chickens. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, next next bit of feedback from listener Bo. Uh, this is from May 2020. Um, I was talking to a friend at work who recently about sourdough starter and was reading this page from Colorado State. And I will I will paste the, this to you in messages. And we will link to it in show notes. Um, uh, and the, uh, so but listener Bo writes, I've been making no need bread recipes for a long time, as have many people I know. Somewhat buried, buried on that Colorado State page was this statement. No need bread using commercial yeast. Another style of artisan bread baking uses the no need method, whereby commercial yeast provides the leavening rather than the traditional fermentation process of wild yeast and bacterial cultures. Because these breads do not produce LAB growth or lactic, uh, lactic acid bacteria growth or acid development, the dough should never exceed two hours at room temperature and should be refrigerated for the remaining resting time. So listener Bo, the question, is what are the actual risks involved with no need bread recipes? Ben, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, I think it's, it, this is for the other podcast sometimes too, right? I think it's not risky, and and I I don't think it matters. <laughs> <Is that? laughs> what what do you think, right? Like, uh, is it? I I think that 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 it's well, they're going to bake you know, it. I, yeah, well, and here's the thing, people people in extension. Um, We've discussed this many times on the podcast. They love to be conservative in their recommendations, right? And so um, I, I understand why the conservative recommendation – and I apologize. The link uh, does not work because apparently Colorado State moved this to somewhere else. So uh, we'll try to find a working link. Um, 
But basically, I understand why they say the dough should never exceed two hours at room temperature and should be refrigerated for the remaining resting time. Um, but I don't know enough about sourdough to know the, how much the pH actually changes over time, right? Um, and I suppose I would say the primary risks in this kind of product, since as you point out, it's going to be baked, right? And so I would say the primary risks are from bacillus that makes us heat-stable entrotoxin. Yep. Right. And I guess I don't Maybe know. Maybe Staph aureus? Um, yeah. Staph's a pretty poor competitor, though. Yeah. Well, and right? I, the only thing I was thinking was was Staph, like, because, well, it's no need, but but the hand, there's a hands. You get you get all hands oh, in yes. there. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, there was, so we got to find this. And I think we might have talked about it. Moderate decrease. I think I might have just found it. There is a publication okay. from someone at Cornell talking about pH in sourdough. Uh, moderate decrease of pH by sourdough fermentation is sufficient to reduce phytate content. Well, that won't happen. That won't help us. Um, but yeah, like, so, so I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think it's an issue and two hours seems crazy fast, right? Even if you were worried about bacillus production, like bacillus toxin production, right? Mm -hmm. So like, why couldn't it be eight hours or, four hours at least if we're if yeah. we, right uh so anyway and you're gonna bake it i think i don't know not risky yeah yeah i mean i think the actual and since this is the show we're allowed to do the yeah. equivocate i would say the actual risks involved in no need bread recipes are rather small right and and it would probably would probably require more time than i can put into this right now on the podcast to research this but uh, I am, I'm getting, I'm very interested. I really want an excuse to go do some research with bacillus because I think it's an understudied organism. And, and when it came up, it came up recently in, in some discussion I was having, with me? I guess maybe it was, we talked about bacillus. Yeah. Well, you, you in the back, uh, we talked about yeah. bacillus, uh, in, oh, someone, someone like Amazon must be at my door. That's why Stanley's yeah. barking. Um, yeah. we Perfectly. talked about bacillus as it related to something and risky or not this last week. From a, a episode to be to be uh, released to be, be released yeah to be released okay that was about wheat I can't remember but we did right right like I also talked about bacillus with somebody and I think it was you <laughs> there you go yeah um so so but I would yeah, like I found, to do... I found the Colorado State page so okay. uh, we we will link to that uh, Stardo Best Starter Back Prep but yeah I mean this is this is part of the reason why I, I think we're doing this podcast to think about these things is again typical extension recommendations are very conservative right and and we we want to we want to be we we can acknowledge that conservatism, but we also want to explain like what it's based on. And two hours, like again, why two hours? Well, because two hours is the temperature that we say that you can hold any food out of right. temperature control, right? Even though the food code allows four hours, and we can argue whether the four hours is actually really based on on science. And it's you know, and again, is it is it riskier than three hours? Yes. Is it as risky as five hours? No. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like right, right. it's like six feet. Well, six feet. Yeah. Why six feet? Why five logs? Uh, well, and, and also why it's any of these things? right, right, right. Why, why do we even, nothing's magic. Um, hand washing is magic. CDC says oh, so. It's true. Hand washing is magic. I, I, so, but like, so this two hours, three hours, right. Let's look at, if we were to do so, like, if, if we were to make like a, a consumer HACCP plan about it, we would have to identify what the pathogen is. We'd have to like know about the growth rate in the sourdough and figure out what the parameters need to be. And that's not hard to do. Like we could do this. And in fact, I just sent you a link. I think someone's already done it. 
And I don't, I, I, I didn't find an actual paper, but this is from sourdough.co.uk, a page called The Sourdough School, where there's a really nice looking guy, uh, Marco Gobetti. Uh, and underneath his picture, it says, who currently has my sourdough starter in his laboratory at the University of Bari for analysis. And, and so, so I think people are doing this. It looks like he stole it. I don't know what's happening on this page. But. Jesus, he looks like a, a, a felon. I'm just sorry. Sorry, Marco. Marco currently has my sourdough starter. Like it's Oof. like it's missing. Um, <laughs> uh, did you hear that uh, 39 different sourdough starters were found in a trailer in Georgia, Don? No. Did you? <laughs> Is that a reference that you know about? Uh, no. Uh, tell me more. Okay. No, there was a there was a thing about thirty nine missing kids being found in a oh. trailer in in Georgia, which is not true. Uh, oh, so maybe they just had maybe they got confused with sourdough. Um. Anyway, well, thank you, thank you, Bo, for that that wonderful message and uh, allowing us to talk about sourdough. Yes. All right. Um. And you have an out at eleven fifty five. Is that right? Yeah. Let's say eleven fifty four. <laughs> okay, fine. That's fine. Yeah, because I need to be in cool. the class at eleven fifty-five. Yeah, yeah, got it. Okay. Um. All right. So, uh, this is. Oh, this is more from uh, from Janet. So, uh, all right. So, uh, this is from Janet, uh, who was pre previously mentioned on an earlier uh, uh, letter. She says, uh, "A loyal fan explains herself. I'm an early baby boomer by birth, mother of four children." A girl boy, girl boy, and grandmother of seven. I'm also a retired registered nurse, uh, BA in sociology, BS in nursing, MS in nursing. I consider mother, Whoa. grandmother, and nurse to be my greatest life achievements. Here's where food safety talk comes in the picture. My number two child, also known as the number one son, told me about a podcast I might enjoy. What? That sounds dry. He assured me I would like it. Quirky, funny, and very interesting. He was right. I swear you two are my number one favorite podcast. Honestly, I've listened to every episode. Aww. Oh, oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, uh, as I said, I'm an uh, RPN. My education included a number of science courses. None of my college science courses went beyond an introduction, uh, anatomy, physiology, micro. I'm, 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 I'm you know, scanning here, sk skipping. Microbiology, chemistry, biochem, nutrition, pathology. Listening to your podcast, I've come to realize how much my education lacks in advanced bioscience knowledge. However, my basic knowledge helps me comprehend your science talks. Um, yeah, probably more than your average bear quoting Yogi. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so, and again, this is, this is great. And we, I've, again, just another plug for TWIV. Uh, they also get similar uh, feedback from their listeners, um, but again, thanks to the pandemic, um, they uh, uh, they have a lot of listeners these days, uh, which is fine. I don't I don't regret that. I'm not I'm not angry <laughs> no, about that. No. Um, oh, my number my number one grandson, son of my number one son, is a Boy Scout. Yes, every year his troop holds a merit badge day. Uh, troops from uh, Scotts and Troop can attend. Um, ba, 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 ba. Oh, I decided to qualify for a merit badge council for community health. That's great. Fantastic. Would have been my third year participating, but not this year. Uh, here's the part that makes me proud. This was my setup. I made a goodie bag for each scout. It was a sample bar of soap, hand sanitizer, a pair of gloves. After in introductions, I told the boys what was my on my very first day of nursing school, hand washing is the most important way to stop the spread of infection. I told the boys to remember this for the rest of their lives and share it with family and friends. I hope they think of me at this time in their lives. I hope they think about what they learn in public health. Um, uh, most, I, most, I just want them to, <laughs> most of them just wanted an easy merit badge in a day. Yeah. I've been there, done that, Janet. I understand, uh, scouting and the motivation for scouts. I hope they think about this particular merit badge for the rest of their lives. Back to food safety talk because of the, 
you too. I am more aware of my food prep and storage habits and have made many improvements. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and that of your colleagues in the food industry. You are really making a difference. Thank you also for the guffaws and giggles, Janet. So, oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Janet. Thank you. Cool. Um, yeah. And the other thing I'll say too, just so I don't forget, is we do another, and we we have um, uh, in the past um, uh, talked to people. You know, if you if you like this show, um, I don't know how much it helps new people find the show, but if you want to rate and review us um, on um, uh, uh, on the Apple Podcasts um, uh, thing, yeah. <laughs> please do that. Um, they still have uh, that. We'll, 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 that's how people they, find they us. have that and yeah. people can still rate and review us. And then I would also say uh, we have a new podcast called Risky or Not, uh, which also seems to be very popular. That only has three reviews um, and and uh, two of them are very good. And one is only a four star review because of the uh, the ums and the ahs. And so I will say we <laughs> fix the ums and the ahs issue because of uh, Descript. So uh, I hope that listener will uh, reevaluate. Oh, so man, I'm good. Uh, we should uh, we should also add into our closing tagline for that show, Ben, we should add something about um uh, about, about that topic, but we will, uh, we will definitely, uh, we will definitely do that at a later time. So awesome. All right, here we go. Um, next bit of listener feedback. This is from Kathleen. Uh, Kathleen says this ad just popped up in my Facebook feed and I immediately thought of the two of you. It is a mat that thaws food faster. Is this safe? And do you think it will work as advertised? Uh, and you can, whoops, uh, this says, uh, this website may be impersonating, uh, this oh. page. Uh, let's just show the details. Let's visit the website anyway. Uh, let's visit the website anyway. We're going to live life on the edge. I'm using my password. Oh, forbidden. Okay. Well, oh, we're gosh. not going to go to that page. Let's look at, all right. So let's Matt. look at rapid thought. Dot store. All right. Well, you know what? Um, uh, the rapidthaw.store page, uh, I cannot get to it on my computer. So um, we, are, we are not going to give you feedback on that. Um, well, so let yeah, me, so this is a – go I, ahead. Well, yeah. So, so there, I wonder if it's similar. I just found some products on, on Amazon that are called mm -hmm. um, uh, Rapid Thaw Mats as well. So – I think that's what – Yeah, yeah. Uh, TS Essentials Large Meat Defrosting Thawing Tray Rapid Thaw. So it defrosts foods in minutes. Um, uh, I don't know how it works. Save time, defrosting tray. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a couple of these. And, <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to test. We got kitchens. We can test this out. I don't know what this even, how this even works. It's a magical defrost tray. So hand washing is magic. Defrost trays are magic. It stays cool to the touch throughout its use. No preheating or hot water is required. It's eco-friendly. It's got a silicon border that's, you know, build that wall um, and is removable and dishwasher safe. Uh, money back guarantee. We know you'll love it. However, if any reason you're unsatisfied, we'll give you your money back. And, and it's just a picture of this tray with meat on it in different settings in your kitchen, which is pretty awesome in the product image. So I'm going to, I'm going to, it's, it's 17 bucks. I'm going to get this. I'm going to see what it, what it happens. How's that All sound? Right. Let's buy this. Sounds great. I'm sending well, people it looks like it looks like there's a whole bunch of products that are yeah. like this, right? Yeah. Uh, Which one are you going to get? Uh, I don't know. The one that uh, I'm 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 sending people. This, it's it just went into Slack. I'm getting uh, T and S Essentials Large Meat Defrosting Thawing Tray Rapid Thaw. I don't know if that's the one I sent you a list on. No. Well, the one you sent me was actually a link to a whole bunch of them. Oh yeah, you yeah, know I'm sending you the, there. I resend it to you. 
Okay, thanks. It looks lovely. It's got a nice uh, frozen piece of meat in it. That the center all, looks. They all look kind of the same. They're all this black uh, material. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's magic, Don. Defrost frozen food in minutes. Why can't we? Um, how does it work? I don't know. We're gonna. What? What Fast about? And safe. No electricity. No. <laughs> Is it a microwave? <laughs> Did, should I have bought this instead of a, a replacement microwave? Will it I pop popcorn? It defrosts foods in food in minutes. You know what else defrosts frozen frozen food in minutes, Don? A microwave. And my countertop. Uh, <laughs> countertop was, free microwave, um, not seventeen ninety nine. True, because um, minutes made it sound like it was like three or four minutes. It it defrosts in thirty to sixty minutes, depending on thickness. Huh? Yeah, I'm thinking my I'm thinking my uh, um, my 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 countertop might do the same thing. All right, I'm we're gonna test something about this. Okay. I'm gonna, yeah, I don't know what, but I look forward to to some sort of uh, something something that's gonna happen. All right, good, good. What else? What else we got in the in the magic inbox? Um, let's see. I got um, something in Twitter. Uh, this says, "Don't yeah. reveal my name or my message." Perfect. Um, Sorry. they want us. They they saw that we linked to um a page about um uh dog doggy. Well, let's let me let's. I'm not going to give them a plug. I'm going to go look at their web page, and then I'll tell you about it. Um. So they don't want us to mention their name or their message, but they do want us to link to them. Um, so mm. this is uh, – what is this? This is – I. it's just like like stuff you can buy for your dog, I guess. Uh, we're not – yeah. So uh, grooming accessories, health, dog food. Yeah, we're not going to link to this page. But, no. But, no, Don, thank you. we can't – we've already broken their request of not mentioning it. So we've mentioned it. We've given them enough publicity now. There's a link yeah. to some dog stuff. So, so the message says, I was wondering if there's anything I can do for you to get a mention like this. Um, I'm, I'm in, inclined to email back and say no. Yeah, <laughs> But I'm not, I'm not even going to do that because I don't want to engage them. Oh, All right. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, okay. So this actually, this is a question we already answered. So this is from uh, Daryl who says, I bought a bunch of bananas and after a couple of days on my counter, when I picked them up, the peels started to split from the stem end. I know nothing about bananas. I never liked them as a kid and I'm trying to get over my distaste of them. It sounds like it could be from my wife. She also does not like bananas, but is trying to eat more of them. Um, do I need to refrigerate the open bananas? Are they okay on my counter? And then we, we actually talked about this uh, in, in an episode of risky or not called Budnick's banana. Right. Um, and, and, and we, and, we, we said, no, not risky. Oh, we said risky. I think. Oh, we said risky. Sorry. It just looked, I just looked at this one. Um, oh, sorry. This is the worst part of the show where we type, um, we're, uh... But next banana, risky or not, we both of us said risky. Oh, and there is a wonderful picture of, of Kevin's actually actual split banana. Um, and I think we said risky, Ben, because it was exposed and we think that bananas are a potentially hazardous food. Right. And so oh, there's right, a possibility. Right. Of something getting on there, so so thank you, uh, uh, thank you, uh, listener Daryl. Um, we actually covered this on a risky or not. Actually, that came. So you emailed us in May. This was a risky or not that came out in March. So um, you should, uh, listener Daryl, uh, you should go listen to our other show. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Um, 
I, so I just texted you some stuff. We got a Twitter, uh-huh. uh, a, a, some DMs uh, from someone who, mm-hmm. who who we know on the on the Twitter from the Twitter sphere. We'll, we won't out this person, um, but uh, he's someone who uh, who works for a federal agency, and he sent us a, a message saying uh, uh, a link to oh, something yeah. that was in Twitter. U.S. FDA warns consumers about alcohol-based hand sanitizers packaged in containers that may appear as food or drinks that some contain food flavors, which is crazy. Eating or drinking these products can cause serious de- injury or death. And so there's an ad, a press release from uh, FDA that came out last week. Um, COVID-19 update, FDA warns consumers about hand sanitizers packaged in food and drink containers. Um, I And this is a quote, a quote from FDA commissioner, a uh, famous guy, uh, Stephen Hahn. We've seen him on the internet and on uh, news briefings. I'm increasingly concerned about hand sanitizer being packaged to appear to be consumable products such as baby food or beverages. These products could confuse consumers into accidentally ingesting a potentially deadly product. It's dangerous to add scents to food with food flavors to hand sanitizers, which children could think smells like food, eat and get alcohol poisoning. I'll I'll add to this. I've got kids who are 10 and 12. This is not like I I could see my kid opening up like a a juice flavored, you know, sanitizer that lo- or something that looks like a, one of those applesauce packages and if it smells like apple that they could mistake this and it smells like it and they would taste it. Like that's and that's my my kids are not overly smart or underly smart. I think they're just right in the middle with this. Um, so, so, uh, the, um, someone, uh, the, the same person sent us some pictures and man, they look, you know, they've got like minions on them and, and, uh, little like pup patrol, pup patrol, uh, paw patrol, not pup patrol. Um, and so it's like for marketed at little kids and I could see this, this is, this is risky. And you mentioned, you mentioned you thought that they couldn't do this. And I think that's correct, right? Like they're, they're not. This is not something that they, that is allowed to make things that are toxic look like food that is not toxic. Yeah, there's there's rules about this. Like, and it's even it's even stuff like you don't want to make um, shampoo that looks like something that somebody could um, could could drink, right? And and it and it even it might even be there might even be um, I mean maybe it's guidance, maybe it's regulations, but you can't you shouldn't even. You don't even want to have something that looks uh, shelf stable appear to be not shelf stable, right? Like the so you wouldn't ever. Uh, oh, what would be a good example of something like this? You wouldn't want. You wouldn't want. Um, yeah, you 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 want to be unambiguous, right? Because yeah. people get trained and they do things in a certain way. Um, and yeah, and I'm I'm also having some trouble. So this is so this is so annoying. This 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 link has a wonderful picture of stuff that, you know, sort of mocked up hand sanitizer that's not properly packaged. And, and it shows up in the, in the, the message to me, but if you go to the webpage, there's no images. Oh, FDA's, if I'm looking at the FDA webpage and I'm not seeing any images. So right, if you, right. I don't again, know where those images are, came from. Yeah. Yeah. But so do you, do you have, can you send me a link to some images? Cause I want to put this into the show notes. Cause it, the story is way more compelling if you actually can see the images. Yeah. Okay, you go read something else, and I'll find you some images. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so here's here's a here's another question for the show, and we'll, this will be the last one because I think you got to go. Um, uh, this so this is a um, oh this is risky or not? My bad. 
Um, food safety talk. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, so this is, uh, uh, from listener Anish. Um, please share all details freely. I have a silly question for you both. Would storing canned food in the refrigerator before opening help reduce the likelihood of microbial growth since once the can was opened, the contents would be outside of the danger zone? <clears throat> Is there even a reasonable means, i.e. not needing a million cans, to see if this would actually make a difference? Thanks for your time. Love the podcast. So um, my, I think actually this is not a silly question at all. And in fact, we run into this in the dining halls, which uh, at my university, which are no longer open because of COVID-19, but which I trust will eventually be able to open up again. And here is the issue. So when we put foods out on the cold bar, like, so let's say we're going to put out, um, what would be an example? Oh, a three bean salad, right? As a, as an example, that's typically a canned food. We're going to put it out on the salad bar for service. The always the recommendation is you refrigerate those cans, right? And the, the issue is not that the cans are not safe. The issue is once you open the can, now they could be contaminated. And if they start off at room temperature and you have to cool them down, those salad bars are not designed to take uh, room temperature foods and cool them down. They're designed to take cold foods and keep them cold, right? And so uh, this is no, this is absolutely a great idea, Anish. Um, again, it's mostly matters for uh, food service applications. Applications. I don't think it matters so much for your own uh, app, you know, situation in the home. The risk with storing foods in the refrigerator, canned foods in the refrigerator long term are that there will be condensation and that can promote rust and rust can lead to degradation of the can. Um, but certainly um, taking a number 10 can and putting it in the fridge overnight prior to opening it up and putting it out in the salad bar for service the next day is definitely a best practice. It's probably not something that somebody needs to do in their home. So anyway, and so yes, yeah, so, so thank you so much, Anish, for the message. I'm so glad you you found us, and I'm glad you love the podcast. Cool, cool. And, and I'm just going to add, this wasn't can-related, but I think it, um, it, uh, it supplements your, your story about food service. We actually investigated um, cut leafy greens on salad bars and in um, in-service, like reach-in coolers at cafeterias in North Carolina, gosh, like almost, I don't know, it was 2013, I think we did this work, 2012. And, and you're, you're exactly right. Even with refrigerated foods, it's difficult for those tables if they're not maintained well or those reach-ins to, to maintain the temperature of that product. So, so cooling, pre-cooling things before it gets there, in, in many cases, absolutely necessary uh, for, for those tables to operate correctly. So, yep. yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, we'll link to your article, Ben, on tracing temperature patterns of cut leafy greens during service in North Carolina school food service. Um, and I'll just say, too, one of the hardest foods to keep cold are cut leafy greens. Yeah. It's one of those that just because of the nature of the, the food, it actually has air in it and, and that insulates it. And that just makes it really it's much easier to keep, let's say, a mass of tuna salad cold than it is to keep um, uh, uh, something like a leafy green cold. And we have in our new uh, our new facility, which is now closed because of COVID, uh, called Harvest, where I, we, did you go, did we eat there? We did. Yeah. It was lovely. Have you visited me ever I, or was yes. that canceled? No, no, I came. That was in, uh, that I was last, last You're talking, Ben. Oh, oh, hang on. You're sounding like a submarine. Wait, I don't know. Can you hear me now? Weird. Whoa. I think I lost you, Ben. Oh no. Whoa. Wow. I think that might be a show. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, I, I don't know what's uh, happening. This, this has been another episode of risky or not. Um, 
somewhere that I cannot talk can, to him. Can you hear me now? Like he's on a submarine. Hello? Oh, here we go. I can hear you now. Weird. Hello. Hi. Hi. Sorry. Sorry. It was, I had to I turn my- <laughs> I was ending the show because- I heard you're, it. You're just uh, sending one ping. <laughs> so weird. Was it like, bloop, bloop, this will be good. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Now I'm Hello. losing you. Hello. Hello. Oh, that's so weird. And I, I, I hear you. Well, we should, pro- we should probably end this. Yes, we should. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So thanks for the, the link to the Kiwa radio. This is this is horrible. Like this, this absolutely, this is packaged for kids. Uh, it has a spout and it says, do not eat in tiny little letters next to the giant letters and the giant colorful cartoon characters. It's crazy, right? And it looks really bad. And it looks just like, I don't know if you've seen the applesauce packages. Yes. It looks yes. exactly like that, that you know, uh, aseptic package. So yep. yeah, don't eat, don't eat right here. Yeah, oh. this, is, this is really bad. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I got to go to class, Don. Okay. I'm, I've got a, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a high school student now. Um, and uh, I've got. I, a day. Yeah. Just for 10 minutes a day. It's great. Hello. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. That's, I just think about that all the time. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so although I'm going to, when I join the class today, I think I'll say aloha, Mr. Hand, um, which is from uh, fast times original high. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's a show. And uh, as always, great to talk to you. And I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Still have a couple minutes so we can yeah. schedule yep. stuff. Thank you. How do you do, fellow kids? I love I love this picture. <laughs> it's so good. Uh to oh. Oh, we got a we got a problem. Oh. You know what we did? What? Two weeks from now we're, we've scheduled risky or not in our in this time <laughs> slot. Look at us. We got there you go. Um so that being said. Do you want to? Okay, so I, I've got two. I got two options here. Okay. Do you want to do like September tenth, like next Thursday, or September seventeenth? Tenth. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. So, could we do the morning? Yeah. Perfect. I have a hard out at noon. So, do you want to try no and stop? Like, try for nine thirty. Gives us a little bit of time. Sure.
Oh, Don, you know what next Thursday is? What? It's 220, 221. <laughs> uh, oh, a lot yes. of things today. A lot of things today. So good. So good. Um, okay. So that's that's it. This episode is mine. Yep. Um, I might try. I'm going to try Descript because I haven't. Okay. Yes. It's, I would. Uh, yeah. It's I, it. It's you will find. I have found it very good and very frustrating. Okay. So it will take you, it will probably take you three times as long to do it. It will not, you'll not do it faster. Okay. I, so, I, I think I'm going to try. Okay. And, and if I get too frustrated, then I can, I now know how to do it in new, um, n- n- not new, not new to me, garage band. So, yes. so I have, I have a backup. Um, cool. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks. I'm going to go to class. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, drop the show notes and the links uh, in the Dropbox and rename everything. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Don. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.